Talk to my friend Drew. And I'll tell you what, he's a tough guy. A millennial conservative. I've, I've become a big fan of One your writing. Of the great young thinkers of our time. Appreciate his opinion. Conservative Drew Allen. As diehard conservative to this guy for wisdom. Hey, you've been watching these SCOTUS hearings, Supreme Court of the United States. These hearings going on right now to confirm and appoint Katanji Jackson Brown to the Supreme Court to replace Justin Breyer. I'm telling you right now, I, I, I'm i not trying to be negative. I, I will preface with this. It's just one of those days for me where I'm irritated. And yes, 95% of it comes from the news today, what's going on in this country. Um, the other 5%, maybe or maybe not, I'll tell you about. But anyway, <clears throat> this is really an exercise in futility. It's a, it's, a, it's a necessary ordeal, of course, but at the end of the day, just prepare yourselves. I, I, I am, I'm just here to be realistic and honest with you. Katanji Jackson-Brown is going to, to be put on the Supreme Court. I, I, all that's required is a simple majority vote, 51 votes. And I'll tell you right now, Lindsey Graham, that fraud, he'll probably vote for her as well uh, when push comes to shove. So all of this that's coming out, I mean, we're learning things that, 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 that prove that she is not fit to be on this court. What we're learning about Katanji Jackson-Brown is totally disqualifying. Uh, she's lied. I'll get to that in a minute. She is a sympathizer. She is sympathetic to pedophiles and child pornographers. That's true as well. But at the end of the day, she's going to be put on the Supreme Court. So here we are. It's just like, you know what's got me set off, I think? So here we have Katanji Jackson-Brown in this exercise of futility. We're learning all these reasons she shouldn't be on the Supreme Court, knowing that she's going to make it onto the Supreme Court. And this happens to come at a time in which the New York Times has confirmed what we knew back in 2020, before the election, that Joe Biden was a corrupt man, that the Hunter Biden laptop which provided incriminating evidence that proved, proved that his father was corrupt and taking money from the Chinese, the Ukrainians, and the Russians. Well, he's the president of the United States. And I guess I am just tired of sitting here watching our country go to hell because of people like this that get away with their crimes, that are the, the most imbecilic amongst us. You know, the worst of the American citizenry seem to be in positions of power. But more on that in a little bit. So Katanji Jackson-Brown, who is this person, right? Well, she's into critical race theory, although today she lied, okay? Today she lied. I want to tell you what this is. I took a little picture here. So just to remind myself, so Judge Jackson, uh, I think Ted Cruz was questioning her, and Judge Jackson said that she did not believe that critical race theory was taught in schools. She said she didn't, she didn't believe it was taught in schools. And then Ted Cruz pointed out that the school board that she serves on teaches critical race theory. She lied, and he caught her in the lie, and then she quickly amended her position to say, oh, she was only talking about public schools. These people are such snakes. This woman... It's just like any kind of presidential contest. This is politics, plain and simple. And the Supreme Court is not to be political. It's supposed to be an apolitical institution that, 
that rules based on the Constitution of the United States. And here we have a liar. A liar. That's disqualifying. But, you know, uh, Josh Hawley, he's the one who really brought into the public square, if you will, these very concerning, very alarming details of Katanji Jackson, Jackson Brown's history of being sympathetic to pedophiles, giving them lesser sentences than even the recommendation would be. Now, look, there are guidelines to sentencing pedophiles. I'm going to make this seemingly, it's not complex, but I find when I'm listening to the media talk about this, they, they, they don't simplify things. They make it convoluted. So I'll make it simple for you, and then I'll give you my opinion, which is even the most simplest opinion, the most straightforward, direct, and comprehensible opinion you've heard yet. Um, before that, though, she supports court packing. You know how I know that Katanji Jackson Brown supports court packing? It's the same way I knew that Joe Biden supported court packing because when Joe Biden was asked about his position on court packing, he said it was a distraction and he refused to answer the question. He refused to give his opinion on it. So when, when an opinion, when someone refuses to give their opinion or answer a question, it means they agree. So she won't give her opinion on court packing, which means she supports it. Now, back to this pedophile issue. Um, there are guidelines for sentence, sentencing pedophiles, people that consume or distribute reprehensible, disgusting photographs, material related to, of course, young children engaged in uh, sexual acts and so on and so forth, nudity. Really, the, the, the truly sickest, sickest people amongst us. Now, the severity of of the sentencing for these pedophiles, it's re- it has been related to the number of images of child pornography that that pedophile ordered through the mail. So this predates the advent of the internet and the accessibility of these images online. In the past, you had to actually order child pornography through the snail mail. So if a pedophile only ordered, for example, the way this guideline works, if a pedophile only ordered one child sex abuse image, well, that reprobate's sentence would be lighter than another pedophile who ordered 10 child sex abuse images. Understand? Which I uh, have a problem with anyway. I think this is outrageous. Uh, Well, you know, he committed one murder. This one committed two. No, stick him away for life. Give him the death penalty. Murder is murder. And in situations like this, we're not talking about stealing bubble gum from 7-Eleven. We're talking about people who intentionally, intentionally are perverted individuals engaging in the most disgusting, reprehensible behavior that is possible. So there are a few of these cases I just want to get into briefly. So one of the cases in question that brings Katanji Jackson Brown's sympathetic behavior towards pedophiles to light is a case called U.S. versus Cooper. In this case, uh, Judge Jackson sentenced a man named Ryan Cooper to the lowest sentence allowed, which was 60 months for his conviction of the distribution of child pornography. Now, federal guidelines, well, they called for Cooper to be imprisoned for 151 to 188 months. What did he do? 
He posted nude photos of young boys on his Tumblr accounts, including images of three boys performing oral sex. He also had about 600 images of child pornography on a laptop. And she gave him 60 months when the federal sentencing guidelines recommended more than double that. Now, in another case, U.S. versus Stewart. Uh, According to Mr. Hawley, Judge Jackson sentenced a man to 57 months in prison on his conviction of possessing thousands of images of child porn and attempting to travel across state lines to abuse a nine-year-old girl. The guidelines called for a sentence of 97 to 121 months. But Judge Jackson gave this man 57 months. Soft on crime. Soft on pedophiles. Soft on these sick perverts. Here's another case. In U.S. versus Sears, the guidelines called for 97 to 121 months for a man convicted of distributing 102 child porn videos and photos of his 10-year-old daughter. Judge Jackson gave him 60 months. That is three to five years shorter than recommended. Five years instead of 10 years. Now, don't worry, though. Don't worry. This is not alarming at all. Judge Jackson, she told us that, well, she tells the pedophiles they're bad. And because she tells them they're bad and tells them how terrible they are, well, her verbal disapproval is enough to knock off five years because, you know, she's had her moment with them. And she can be assured as Judge Jackson, well, my condemnation of your behavior, now I'm going to knock off five years of your sentence. We have another case, United States versus Hawkins. This involved a much younger offender uh, who was 18 years old. And he was in high school when he shared about two dozen child sexual abuse images and videos with an undercover detective. Jackson sentenced Hawkins to three months in prison. Three months, three months, three months. Uh, Meanwhile, by the way, um, we've got people who were not involved in any violent acts that actually entered the Capitol building on January 6th who were rotting away in jail cells, jail cells as we speak. But, you know, for I guess Jackson Brown here, you know, if if you share two dozen child sexual abuse images and videos, well, you know, you get three months in prison. Because, you know, you're 18 and you make excuses for them and so on and so forth. Um, Now, here is the argument. You know, it's funny. I'll actually play this because I'll I'll let him make the case and then I'll rip uh, rip him to shreds. Jeffrey Tubin, you know, who famously, wasn't it on CNN where he got suspended for a short while before they brought him back because he served his time uh, in the doghouse as well. Jeffrey Tubin, who, you know, um, unzipped... Uh, down below and uh, went to town in the middle of a Zoom session, and that was caught on video. Uh, he just couldn't help himself or control himself. By the way, I mean, how how appropriate and perfect for Jeffrey Tubin to be defending this and defending Katanji Jackson Brown, right? I mean, this guy can't even resist from you-know-what in the middle of a Zoom meeting. You know, when the urge strikes him, Jeffrey Tubin, well, he listens. But anyway, I, I'm going to play this uh, this clip now of Jeffrey Tubin defending this. And this encapsulates 
the argument from the left. But of course, they always circle the wagons around the worst of their kind because uh, they're useful idiots. So here we go. Here's the clip. Can I just add, I just add one point about these, these, these kitty porn cases? And, and this, this came up, I remember, when I was an assistant U.S. attorney back in the 90s, is that when those, uh, when those uh, sentencing guidelines were written for those cases, this was a time when uh, the people who committed these crimes would order individual photos and 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 get and then get them usually through email, um, and then uh, they would be sentenced based on the number of photos they possessed. This was all pre-internet, so uh, once the internet came in and and people got. Um, access to hundreds and then thousands of photos, they would, the, the sentencing guidelines would reflect hundreds and then thousands of photos. Federal judges have been struggling with the issue of how do you create a fair system that was designed pre-internet that was, yet, yet you have to sentence people post-internet. And what I thought Chairman Durbin pointed out is that judges across the country including Republican-appointed judges, have been saying, look, we can't apply the rules um, pre that, that were designed pre-Internet for an Internet society. And many judges have been giving somewhat less sentences as a result. And I thought that was a very clear explanation of why Judge Jackson uh, Im imposed sentences that were all prison sentences. It wasn't like she was letting these people go, but they were somewhat less than the guidelines because the guidelines had not been adapted for the internet era. So can you believe what you're hearing there? Essentially the argument he's making that the entire leftist establishment media is making as well in defense of this is that, well, you know, the internet didn't exist when these guidelines were made. And so, you know, in the past, you couldn't get a thousand images of child pornography. It just wasn't possible because you had to get it in the mail. But now it's just so accessible. It's proliferating. There's an entire industry around child pornography and pedophilia. And so you couldn't even have a thousand images back then in the mail. But now you can get tens of thousands. And because the Internet makes it easier to get these images, well, we can't continue to to give them these harsh sentences because any any child pedophile can get a thousand images today. You can't use that as a as a basis of sentencing anymore. But it's uh it's beyond that. It's beyond that. You know, the point here is that these people uh, need to be put away and locked away for their crimes. The point of sentencing, by the way, is to discourage crimes, right? It's the reason we had a death penalty. It's not because you want to kill people. It's because people ostensibly might want to live. They might not want to be executed. And a jail sentence might not be the deterrent that works for depraved individuals who are willing, for example, to commit murder. But if they know their heads are going to be chopped off, if they know they're going to be executed, hanged, whatever it is, well, then they might think twice because they actually value their life. Um, and here we go. A at the essence of this, by the way, the problem is this individual, Kentanji Jackson Brown, went out of her way to lighten sentences for the worst human beings in America. She has shown immense sympathy for child pornographers and pedophiles. She's easy on crime. This is the attitude that is responsible for the destruction 
and deterioration of our country. It's the reason our cities are no longer safe that are Democrat-run hellholes because they're releasing criminals. They're being sympathetic towards criminals. They're letting them out on bail when they attempt to commit murder. This is the problem, and this is the background of Katanji Jackson-Brown. Soft on crime, sympathetic with these perverts. Blind justice, by the way. It does not matter if an 18-year-old is looking at 10 pornographic images of children or a 70-year-old is doing it. Blind justice is sticking them both in jail for equal amounts of time. That's blind justice. But what we have is pure subjectivity. It's about Katanji Jackson Brown's feelings towards this person. Well, you know, this guy's 18 and, you know, I don't know. I mean, can you imagine that? I mean, if that's the way we're going to look at things in the future, that level of subjectivity, well, this guy, well, he's a, he's a minority. He didn't grow up in a great part of town. He committed murder, so we're just going to give him a couple of years. But this white guy over here, college-educated, uh, you know, let's call him Ted Bundy. You know, that guy's going to get a lifelong sentence. But this guy over here, who's also a serial killer, we're going to— I, I mean, I, I, I'm exaggerating a little bit. But my point is simply that our judicial system is aiming to be, under people like Jackson, more and more subjective. And this is a huge problem. I mean, let, let, let me make a point this way. Do you remember Martha Stewart— Martha Stewart, back in 2004, she spent five months in jail. Uh, it was a West Virginia federal prison. And, and do you remember why she was put in jail? She had, I bet most people don't even remember this or know what she did. It was just, you know, Martha Stewart bad. She did some illegal stuff. You know, she's got to go to jail. I mean, they, they used her to make a point. So she invested in this biopharmaceutical company that was called I, I, I Am Clone, I'm Clone. And she sold 4,000 shares the day before the FDA announced it would not approve this drug that that company had produced. And so after the announcement was made, the stock prices dropped, right? And Martha Stewart avoided this loss of around, what was it, $45,000 at the time. And Stewart's stockbroker had apparently tipped her off because I guess he knew one of the owners of this company. And so he told her to sell. So she sold. So it's insider trading, right? And she was put in jail, sentenced to a West Virginia federal prison for five months. Now, Juicy Smollier, for example, he was sentenced for 150 days, and he's not even serving. Five days in or less of his sentence, well, he was let out and he's walking free right now. Back in 2011, never forget, 60 Minutes, back when they actually did investigative journalism, you remember 60 Minutes did essentially what Project Veritas does today? But anyway, back when 60 Minutes was interesting and worth watching, they found that elected officials like Nancy Pelosi were exempt from insider trading laws. And part of the story that they did was that Pelosi back uh, then, uh, they found that she and her husband had participated in at least eight IPOs while they had access to information directly relating to the companies involved. One of those was in 2008 from Visa. Just as this troublesome piece of legislation that would have hurt credit card companies began making its way through the House, 
And Nancy Pelosi purchased 5,000 shares of Visa at the initial price of $44. Two days later, it was trading at $64. And that credit card legislation that brought down the stock price that would have brought it down further and hurt it, well, it disappeared. It never made it to the floor of the house. She was directly responsible. She was in a position in which she, she didn't need a stockbroker. She didn't need to be tipped off. She was the tipper offer, if you will. She's not going to spend a day in jail. And as 60 Minutes uncovered, well, she's exempt from insider trading laws, but Martha Stewart, she gets five months. This is a problem. And my thing is, Katanji Jackson Brown is claiming, I mean, she's lying through her teeth. She's essentially claiming to be an originalist, by the way. Uh, I don't remember the exact quotation, but she said something that was very comfortable for conservatives to hear. And that's my point. She's lying. She's just saying what she needs to get put on the bench. And once she's there, she can do anything she wants. And we know what she'll do. She'll do whatever the left wants. But she's playing the game right now. And she suggested that she is somewhat of an originalist, that, you know, she takes into account the intentions of the founding fathers, and it's not her job to to put her opinions on things, that she has to be objective and rule. But here, she is giving guidelines that are objective for sentencing these individuals, and she is She's making it completely subjective. She's saying, you know, well, I don't think it's unfair. I think there's a disparity in the system because of the internet, because they can get more pictures right now. So this person is totally disqualified, in my opinion. But once again, she's going to be put on on the Supreme Court. And, you know, Clarence Clarence Thomas, by the way, he's been ill. Uh, He apparently his condition is improving but liberals are out there hoping he dies. Uh, their blue check marks on, on Twitter are actually saying that out loud, uh, hoping that he dies, praying for his death, essentially. And this is what the left does, and this is why, why I just despise these people, these terrible people, the worst amongst us. I mean, it's like Trump when he had COVID, they hoped he'd die. Or remember when Rush Limbaugh, when he was diagnosed with cancer, there was glee. And then we, when he finally passed away, the left was dancing on his grave. I despise these people. All right, I'm going to take a short time out. I'll be right back with more. And we're back here. Do you know do you know what I think is really contributing to my just total irritation today? All these stories have a theme. They're kind of coming together. Um and the thing is one you and I, the American citizenry, we're being ruled by our inferiors morally and intellectually. And here we have an example, Katanji Jackson Brown, right, going to the Supreme Court. And she is sympathetic towards pedophiles. This is an overarching theme that has led us to this point in which the the victims of society are largely ignored. There's no conversation about um, the victims in this in terms of the sentencing. There's no talk about, about who those children were and so on and so forth. But we have this immense sympathy towards 
criminals. Criminals. I mean, think about our media. The way they approach story after story when there's a murder. Uh, when a BLM activist, for example, runs over people in a Waukesha at a parade. Uh, there's never really a conversation about the victims. Um, we focus all of our time and attention on, on these, these cretins, these sick perverts who, who, who engage in these types of depraved behaviors. And, you know, when I woke up this morning, I, I had an interview that was scheduled, uh, uh, kind of last minute and, I went on the radio and I had to talk about something that's going on at, at, at Disney, at Warner Brothers. What is it? Warner Brothers and Disney? Are they together? What is it? Uh, no, Time Warner, I think it is. And, and what I had to talk about was the fact that a bunch of LGBT, the alphabet people, okay? I can't even keep up. They add new letters, new plus signs, new minus signs, new division signs, whatever, every day. But these alphabet people, um, they are... Well, staging a walkout, right? They're not going to show up to work because they're protesting the Florida bill, which is, I think it's the parental, what is it actually called? You guys can probably remember it better than me right now. I think it's the Parental uh, Protection Act, maybe, right? That's supposed to prevent any teachers in a school setting from teaching anybody in kindergarten through third grade about any kind of sexuality. Gay, straight, transgender. This is what we call grooming. Grooming. These sickos, these wackos, these perverts, they want to groom your children, right? They want teachers to not just teach about science, about history, not to help them get a better education, but they want them, these teachers, to replace the parents and indoctrinate your children and put their own amorality uh, on these, these, these young moldable minds when the parents aren't there. That's what this is about. And the liberals and the leftists and these wacko nutjobs, they are, of course, mislabeling this as the don't say gay bill. It's an abject lie that the media is happy to repeat, happy to repeat because it serves their narrative. That uh, Republicans, conservatives are a bunch of anti-gay activists who hate gay people and want to steal your liberty and lock you up, which none of that's true. You cannot legally uh, uh, discriminate against anybody in that community. It's not possible. In fact, the most discriminated people on this planet are white conservatives. That is a fact. The most protected class are these wacko LGBTQ alphabet people um, who want to, to train, you know, kindergartners to, to take, you know, puberty blockers and, and become mentally ill like they are. And, I, and on this interview, by the way, before I get into the, the nitty gritty of, of, what, of my points here, uh, you know, the host disagreed with me, and I want to make my point because I'm actually right. You know, uh... Part of the reason these individuals, these depraved individuals, are pushing so hard to, uh, you know, teach young children to support transgenderism and even to become transgender or gay or whatever themselves is because um, 
particularly with regards to the transgender community, it is an absolute objective mental illness. Um, you cannot become a woman if you are biologically a male. And if you're a biological female, you cannot become the opposite sex. It's literally not possible. And um, rather than look in the mirror and admit that there's something wrong and that this person needs help, they want other people to join into it. I'll, I'll make an analogy here. Somebody who is an alcoholic, somebody who wakes up in the morning and consumes, you know, whatever, a handle of Jack Daniels in the morning. Nobody wants to admit that they have problems, but we all do. Some are worse than others, more severe than others. But this person that's, that's going, uh, they want to be around other alcoholics. They don't want to have to confront the fact that they have an issue. They want other people to, to confirm their behavior because it's a lot easier to just continue on your present path even if it's destructive, even if it leads to suicide or death or, or liver disease, sclerosis of the liver in the case of an alcoholic, you know, it's easier for them mentally to uh, not have to confront their demons and to be accepted in society, to have that behavior condoned rather than condemned. And so that person wants other people to drink around them. They don't want to be told they have a problem. And that's what this is about. These people are on, on this um, crusade crusade to to force the entire population to baby them and coddle them and tell them that they're okay and they're not and this is a mental health crisis in America but anyway this bill has nothing to do with not saying gay but these uh, immature people at Disney that are part of the alphabet people they um let me put it this way. First, here, the first they were upset because Disney didn't come out and condemn it immediately. And so that upset these alphabet terrorists. And so then they decided to hold Disney hostage and demanding that their, their needs are met. They have a list of demands. Uh, one of them, you know, they want them to make more perverted content. And they want us to condone and Disney to condone their insanity and mental illness. And one of these things they always say, which is so hilarious to me and makes no sense at all, is that, you know, these alphabet people say they want to see and create things that reflect the world in which we live. Well, these people are already overrepresented in film and TV, overrepresented everywhere. These are a tiny fraction of a percentage of people in society, but they're holding the rest of the country hostage to meet their demands. They should be ignored. Their demands should be ignored. They're a tiny fraction of the population. And I'm tired of this minority of insane people dictating how the rest of us must think and feel. I'm sick of it. I mean, these are a bunch of coddled little babies. Um, and I'm just tired of entertaining it. They get entertained. These are the types of people that should have been condemned at a young age put in their place, told to shut up, sit down, and act and conform as responsible adults in society. But instead, they, they continue to claim they're victims, victims of nothing. But we coddle them. We allow them to get away with this. I mean, what do we need? Do we need more stories about pedophiles because that represents the world around us too because pedophiles exist? Is that the next frontier of these people, normalizing pedophilia? I guarantee you it is to many of these perverts. I'm very serious about this. 
Anyway, they've got this stupid list of demands. Uh, and I'm not going to praise these people for their disgraceful behavior. I'm not going to reward them. And because we need more men right now, more, more people standing up who are adults saying, enough, I am sick and tired of this. Disney should fire these people, by the way. But here's some of their demands for uh, Time Warner Disney. Well, uh, Disney can never donate to any politicians ever that these psychos say that they don't want them donating to. So that's one of their demands, right? And, and they want to be more inclusive, right? More inclusive. Inclusivity is a lie. They're totally exclusive. They want the, uh, the Disney Corporation there to create an actionable plan that will prevent any state in the country from passing legislation like the Parental uh, Act in Florida. They want Disney to create a resource group. I guess this is like a safe space for all of those struggling in Florida in the midst of this tyrannical, tyrannical legislation that will prevent the alphabet people from infiltrating our schools further and telling your little daughter or son to choose their own gender, choose their own pronouns, and maybe consider transitioning. Uh, the company's demanding, or the, 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 the alphabet psychos are demanding that the uh, Disney Corporation there has to donate to a bunch of trans gender nonprofits. How about that? And they need special opportunities, right? These transgender, the, the, the alphabet folks are, uh, they want more affirmative action, right? They, they, they want to be rewarded. They want to be given jobs where other people will be denied them. Uh, they want special treatment. They want raises. They want opportunities because they're alphabet people. Alphabet people. I'm sick and tired of it. Rule by the radical fringe minority. That's what we have going on right now. So much for democracy. And you've got these companies like Disney who cower and kowtow to it time and time again. And it just never ends. You know, there was another story too. And uh, I think it was uh, Disney World there in Orlando. There was a, a group of Texas dancers from high school. And their, their mascot, I think, is the Indians or something like that. Because uh, what, what did they say? What did they say? Um, I'm still here. Don't worry. I'm getting through as much of this stuff as I can today. Um, something about... Something about... Um, I'm, I'm... Okay, here we go. Here we go. Uh, we're ready. Scalp them, Indians. Scalp them. That's what they chanted at the end of their dance because that's their mascot. Scalp them, Indians. Scalp them. And some... Some, you know, Native American. By the way, I'm Cherokee, and I am more Indian than Focahontas, so I'm not offended by this at all. But of course, they found some useful idiot, Native American, um, to come out and decry this, denounce it. We can't have it. I mean, who cares? Why do we entertain these psychopaths in society? Let people be people. I am sick and tired and this is, this is part of the thing. They want us constantly at each other's throats. They want constant disarray in society. They cannot have us get along. They always have to make an issue of everything. Scalp them, Indians, scalp them. It, it offended. I'm offended every day by Democrats. I'm offended every day by stupid people out there. But I'm not sitting here calling for them to be silenced, for their lives to be ended and ruined. 
But these people on the left are sickos. Sickos. Katanji Jackson Brown, sympathetic to perverts. Perverts at Disney World, trying to indoctrinate our children, making these demands. Wacko Native Americans who are trying to make an issue of a bunch of high school girls saying scalp them, Indians scalp them. Which, by the way, is not in any way derogatory towards Indians. My gosh, what is going on in this society? You know, I want to end with this, I guess. I got a lot of stuff. I mean, what I'm calling this episode, I think I'm going to name it right now, the long, dark winter of the Biden presidency. That's what we're, we're experiencing right now, this long, dark winter. And, and, you know, the longer this winter goes on, the harder and harder it becomes to remember and recall the warmth of the Trump years, the stability that we had, the economic boom, the peace. And all that's been replaced by instability, by economic havoc and turmoil and war. And this is all a result of the Biden presidency, this winter we're in. And... I mean, there's so many victims here. I mean, the intention, of course, is to keep us in perpetual winter. You know, you know why I'm thinking about this, by the way? Did you know that Sunday was the first day of spring? That's right. Winter ended. And do you remember what Biden promised us back in December? He promised us that we were going to suffer in winter. It was going to be a severe season of uh, what? Of illness. It was going to be a season of severe illness and and death. That's what he promised us. Well, here we are, and COVID has has left. It's not dripping from the mouths of the the media talking heads anymore. The unvaxxed are not daily being condemned and treated like pariahs, at least at the moment. I mean, Dr. Fauci's come out of the witness protection program the other day. I think he went on was he on CNN with Anderson Cooper? I don't know. He, he went on one of those uh, communist news networks. And he said, well, you know, we could, we can't rule out the possibility of bringing back these, uh, these mandates again. But anyway, nonetheless, for the time being, uh, they've been let go. And think about this. These people demanded, the, the most zealous COVID cultists, Biden, Democrats, who demanded these mandates for so long, where did their conviction go? Suddenly it's gone. Suddenly they don't care. They lifted the mandates for the time being because... Well, they're, they're, they're content right now to replace the COVID conversation with the Russia-Ukraine conversation to deflect blame from Biden's disastrous policies that have led us to this point of just despair, absolute despair. And, and the thing is, we are stuck in perpetual winter. You know, while, while we're going to go around and we're going to see flowers bloom, we're going to see nature be revived because spring is here, America will not be reviving. America will not be blooming because we are in Biden's perpetual winter. I mean, as gas prices continue to soar, he wants to continue to sanction our own uh, drilling in America. He wants to look to Iran, for example. Uh, unleash their oil so we can buy from them. He's giving money to our enemies and he's destroying, hollowing out America, making it hard for us to live. And what is he doing um, with regards to inflation? He wants to print more money. I mean, 
Millions of Americans by the day are facing economic hardship and even moving into poverty, and he wants to print more money and make inflation worse. That's this guy. That's this guy. It's not rocket science to fix this stuff. But the thing, too, I mean, the tragedies are so numerous under this administration that it becomes hard to even keep up with him. Even, even myself, who has a pretty good memory, I have a very difficult time keeping track of the victims of this Biden winter. Remember the 13 American service members who were murdered in Afghanistan? I mean, that was largely forgotten, to be honest, until Lauren Boebert at the State of the Union address reminded Joe Biden. And then we had General Milley. Remember that last year? Uh, We found out he committed treason. He actually, while he was serving under Trump, he told his Chinese counterpart he'd tip them off in the event that Trump or America decided to initiate any attack against the Chinese. That's treason. Swept under the rug. Forgotten. He still serves under the Biden administration uh, as the head of the Joint uh, Chief of Staff. And remember the, the, the Border Patrol agents? Remember? Secretary uh, of Homeland Security, Secu- Secretary of uh, Homeland Security, Mayorkas. Remember he put him on desk duty, those, those Border Patrol agents who were, uh, were falsely accused of whipping Haitian immigrants as they invaded the border? What was their fate? Did we find out what happened to them? We don't know. But we know what happened to that J6 protester whose only crime was taking photos inside the Capitol building. He committed suicide because the Justice Department was trying to lock him away for 20 years. They kept delaying his sentencing and wanted to tack on additional years. And then you have Katanji Jackson Brown here who's going to be on the Supreme Court who intentionally went out of her way to reduce sentences of pedophiles. Do you see why I'm upset today? All of this going together, running together. And now we have, this is, this is really going to set me off. I'm going to play Juan Williams here, okay? Uh, before I play the clip of Juan Williams, one of the dumbest uh, men in America, 16% of Biden voters have said that they would have voted differently had they known about the Hunter Biden laptop and the corruption of Joe Biden. The tech giants suppressed that story. They would not allow it to even uh, be shared on Facebook, on Twitter. We had the entire mainstream media, Adam Schiff, Jake Tapper. You'll hear some of that. Uh, they, um, they said it was Russian disinformation. Joe Biden denied that it was real and true. He got 51 former intel agents to lie and say that it wasn't real, that it was discredited and debunked. And now the New York Times, who also once during the election said it wasn't real, couldn't be corroborated. Now they've admitted that it is Hunter Biden's laptop, which means that, yes, Joe Biden is compromised. Yes, his son is corrupt. He is corrupt. They're a corrupt Biden crime family. And he's in the Oval Office. Now, voter fraud aside, which was real and happened, that did also impact the results of the election, that aside, had this story actually been allowed to be reported on, if the media had done its job to report on it, 
Joe Biden would likely not be in the White House and we would not be experiencing this long, dark, brutal winter of the Biden presidency. But I want to play Juan Williams here and what he had to say, okay? I want to set up a quick back and forth between you and Howie. The Hunter Biden laptop, New York Times comes out and says, hey, it's legit after all. Uh, You know, Facebook was going to do a fact check, never did it. Twitter never happened. And you think nobody has apologized at all for this. They were wrong across the media, Juan, and nobody has said, you know what? We we screwed that up. It wasn't Russian disinformation. No, but I I think there's a larger context here, which is that what was this about? What does it prove? Nobody said it wasn't true. That what was said was that you can't authenticate it. And then you had certain publications that said the we have authenticated. The analyst, the intel analyst, says said they didn't, couldn't prove it. Could, but it sure looked like Russian disinformation. Right, couldn't prove it was the key point for organizations. How well, it is an absolute embarrassment that the way that the media downplayed or ignored or mocked or minimized this story that the New York Times now says is under active federal investigation for possible tax violations or lobbying violations by the president's son and 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 they're still not covering it none of the other networks have touched this story it doesn't you know it doesn't mean that hunter biden's going to be indicted it may or may not have a political fallout for his father but when you look back at uh, the way uh, facebook uh, twitter for example said well, you can't even share this information but then how, from the new york how, post this was in the middle of a heated political campaign intended to damage one candidate in the aftermath of russian disinformation i think we were all properly cautious was, so that that's Juan williams who i have absolutely zero respect for he he's not worthy of an ounce of respect he is an absolute abject liar he has no principle whatsoever this is par for the course for juan williams you know juan williams uh he's an immigrant he came over from uh, panama i believe as a child on a banana boat and this is what we get um just like ilhan omar he's in that camp where he comes over here he's blessed beyond measure achieve things that he could never achieve from the country he fled. And he comes and he takes a crap on this country. He lies and he uses his, his position in America to destroy it. Juan Williams is a joke. We were all properly cautious, Juan says. It was in the middle of a heated presidential campaign. Nobody said it wasn't true. That's a lie. Where was Juan Williams in 2020? Where was he? I was going to play the clip, but I'm running long and I've got other things I want to get to. But everyone knows that the entire media establishment said this was Russian disinformation. And where was the proper caution in 2016, Juan Williams? Where was the proper caution? When you accused and the media accused falsely Donald Trump of Trump-Russia collusion, trying to say that The emails, the emails from the DNC that showed corruption in the Democratic National Committee and the Hillary Clinton campaign. Where was, uh, where was the proper caution when the media ran with that story? When they knew all along it was planted evidence that Hillary Clinton was using that to make herself a victim and to try and save her election chances in 2016. Everyone said that was true, Juan. And it was an absolute abject lie. We knew the Hunter laptop was real. It was dropped off in Delaware by Hunter Biden. The owner of that shop had Hunter Biden's signature. The laptop had emails from Hunter Biden, photos of Hunter Biden doing 
inappropriate activities. And Juan Williams sits here and has the audacity to defend his actions and the actions of the media who refuse to cover this story to put their man and China's man in the office of the presidency. Trump called him out in one of the debates in 2020. Joe Biden denied it. The media said it was, Jake Tapper said, you know, he he wasn't even going to talk about it because it was a hit job. It's inappropriate to talk about the president, the, the potential president's son. And when, when Donald Trump was president of the United States, what did they do? They attacked Barron. There were no, nothing was off bounds. Nothing was off limits with the Trumps. They went after the kids. They went after Melania Trump. It was open season. Destroy, destroy, destroy like some heat-seeking missile. That was, that was the strategy of the left when it came to Trump. But when it was Joe Biden, no, no, no. We can't investigate anything. You cannot make accusations, even if they're founded on reality. No, no, no. We can't do that. Juan Williams, you're a reprobate. You see the theme of this show, too? Reprobates galore. Everywhere you look. Katanji, Juan Williams, Joe Biden, the media, all a bunch of people betraying America. And then we got, you know, society that won't stand up to Leah Thomas. Leah Thomas, that's a man. That's a man. That's the one who was ranked, I think, 400-something in the country as a man. And then now is number one in the world in swimming. NCAA, who just won the championship, stole that from a bunch of women. This party supports perverts. It supports the mentally ill. That party would be the Democratic Party, by the way. Leah Thomas still has all of her pieces intact, just grew out long hair, and uh, couldn't cut it against the men. So, well, took advantage of the system, right? I mean, I guess we can't blame Leah Thomas. Nobody stands up to him. He couldn't cut it in the pool with the men. Couldn't be competitive, wasn't talented enough, wasn't athletic enough. So he decided, hey, you know, I know how to how to wing this one. If I can't be number one with the men, I'll just remain a man and compete with the women and become the best woman swimmer, even though I'm a man with, you know what, between my legs. You just, you stick on a bikini, you stick on a one piece, and you're transformed. That's all it takes. Just swap the Speedo, swap the Speedo for the one piece, and you can compete in women's sports. How about that? Leah Thomas is a disgrace. That man is a disgrace. And what is happening? The media is celebrating him. The LGBTQ alphabet community celebrating him. That's not equality. Destroying women's sports. Taking opportunities away from women who spend their entire young adult lives being the best they can be only for this this man in a bikini to come and steal away their success, steal away their opportunity. No, no, no. Conservatism is the future. The Democratic Party is is the way of ruin. Is the way of ruin. But I'll end with this story, which is fun. Um, Did you know uh, Peppermint Patty, that'd be the White House press secretary, Peppermint Patty, she's not going to be accompanying Joe Biden on his trip to Europe. I I don't remember, by the way, press secretaries and other presidencies. Correct me if I'm wrong. I I don't remember Kaylee McEnany. I don't remember her traveling with uh, President Trump on overseas trips. I mean, her role is is press secretary, so she should be at the White House answering questions, right? But she was going to travel, so I, I, this is weird to me. 
But anyway, she just contracted COVID for the second time in five months. She got it back, what was it, October, November. Last November, she had COVID, and now she's gotten COVID again. And both times, she says she has mild symptoms. But don't worry. Don't worry because of science. Back in uh, November, the first time she got COVID, despite being fully vaccinated, she, only, she quarantined for 10 days, but now, now because of science and the CDC, she's only quarantining for five days because science. Um, and here's her quotation. I mean, this is like, it's like they've got a script for the left here and they just copy and paste. It's like, here's your scenario. Here's the talking point. So she says, uh, thanks to the vaccine, I have only experienced mild symptoms. In alignment with White House COVID-19 protocols, I will work from home and plan to return to work in person at the conclusion of a five-day isolation period and a negative test. Five days. That's nice. So she's fully vaxxed and boosted, and she's gotten COVID for the second time. Doesn't this make you just outraged? And to think that we had to listen to these people condemn the unvaxxed day in and day out. All the lies from the beginning, get the vaccine. You can't spread COVID if you get it. And here you have the press secretary, Jin Psaki, who's gotten COVID twice despite being fully vaccinated and boosted, and she's got the symptoms. Give me a break. This is part of the dark winter. The dark winter of the Biden presidency. They create these controversies. They lie to us. They keep us in darkness. They abuse us. And then they accept no responsibility for their actions. That's what they do. That's how they operate. And we've gotten Biden, who's taken money from China, Russia, and Ukraine. This explains the pickle, doesn't it? Which wife will he choose? Ukraine's, you know, Russia and Ukraine are having a war, but he's taking money from both. What to do? What to do? He's taking money from China. What to do? What to do? My goodness, what a dilemma. I can't imagine imagine being Joe Biden and, and, and having three wives and having to decide which one to be loyal to when they're all fighting. Maybe that's why he does nothing. Or maybe China's the, the one really wearing the pants. And they're giving him a good beating here and there. He probably likes that. Uh, you know, if this, if this uh, laptop, by the way, is real, then it's uh, also true that the Ashley Biden diary is likely real as well. And what did we learn from that diary? That Ashley Biden was uh, treated inappropriately sexually by her own father. That he showered with her inappropriately and it bothered her. It struck her as odd and wrong. This is who's in the office. A truly depraved individual who is totally compromised. But I want to say this. I always got to end on a positive note, right? Look, listen to me carefully. It is so important that we not forget the warmth of the Trump years because that gives us hope. It is also fundamental that we do not forget the victims of the Biden winter, that we harness the anger, our suffering, and that we do not accept that it is that it is something that we cannot do anything about, that it is inevitable, okay? It was not. We know how we got here with the 2020 election. We know how we got here with the suppression of the Hunter Biden laptop story. Now, that is infuriating. Absolutely, okay? But we've got to harness that rage, remember what it was like, so that we can get back to that point, and we have to fight 
like never before to save this country. The memory of the past under Trump will give us hope. The memory of the victims of this Biden winter will give us the the conviction we need to get us out of this winter, put it in the, the rearview mirror, and return America to vibrancy. And we can do it because we must do it. And I have faith that the American people are going to going to do it. We're going to deliver, okay? Uh, it's not going to be easy, but it has to happen. And that's the thing. All of these problems we're experiencing today are a direct result of the Biden administration and Democratic Party policies, okay? This is not like the seasonal change that's inevitable. You know, the Democrats want to claim that, you know, we can, that we are responsible for warming temperatures, but they claim no responsibility for inflation or any of the problems that plague us today, the, 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 the gas prices that are soaring, etc. But the Democrats are responsible for that. Joe Biden is responsible for that. All right. Well, it's been a doozy today. I may be, may be back with you uh, uh, tomorrow if I can, if I can wing it. Um, you know, the Babylon Bee and Charlie Kirk, they were both suspended from Twitter because, well, the Babylon Bee put out a hilarious satirical picture of, uh, you know, Time Magazine. Was it Time Magazine? They named um, the, uh, what is it, Hel- who, 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 who's the person? What, what's, what's that person's name? Honestly, I, I cannot remember. Uh, w- Woman of the Year, did you see that? Um, that's right. Rachel, what is it, Levine, Rachel Levine, was named uh, Woman of the Year. And uh, Babylon B, because, of course, Rachel Levine is not a woman. It's a, it's a transgender situation, so that person is still a man. But anyway, Babylon B awarded Rachel Levine the trans— <laughs> this is the transgender Biden administration official, the title of Man of the Year. They were suspended for that. And then Charlie Kirk was also suspended. So, look, there's no safe haven for us. Um, you know, these people that run Twitter and everything else, they're hiding in their, uh, you know, behind their, 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 what am I trying to say? Their compounds and, and we're being bullied. We're being bullied and we have to stand up to these people and, and not take it anymore. But anyway, I will, um, I'll tell you this. On my Rumble, I think it's The Uncommon Sense, or you can look up The Drew Allen Show. Maybe I'll post it on drewallen.substack.com when I, when I, when I get this uh, posted today. I, I made a, uh, my own satire of, of what Katanji Jackson Brown did to me, okay? Uh, I want you to watch that video. It's, it's very enlightening and informative. Uh, you will learn that I was abused by Katanji Jackson Brown, the circumstances, just like Christine Blasey Floyd. So don't question me. Um, I, I am still suffering from the PTSD of Cougar Katanji and what she did to me. So I'll put that up there. You can watch that as well uh, and have a little bit of a laugh today. Um, God bless you all. Thank you for listening. Again, this podcast is is soaring, by the way. Uh, I ha- I've had, I don't know, 400 downloads of, of this podcast, I think, just yesterday. So we're on to something good here. And I want to thank you for, for tuning in and, and relying on me uh, to entertain and inform. This is, uh, uh, you know, the voice of confident conservatism here, Drew Allen. And as we say, until next time.